Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. I just love the rarefied air of heaven. I mean, I'm addicted to the rarefied air of heaven. I want more and more, and I want you to have more and more. My guest has uncovered an amazing cover-up by our government, by the Smithsonian Institution, to hide the evidence that Darwinism is a phony. And he's going to expose it to you because it's about time this evidence is presented to our society. So, uh, L.A., uh, who's your friend? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sid, this was a skull, a cast of a skull, which we got in Paracas, Peru. We saw literally hundreds of these down there. But, but you know what's so amazing, and we'll get to that in a minute, but this skull is not completely human. You see, many years ago, God gave L.A. a mandate, and he told him to study as the days of Noah. Explain what that is, and explain what you found out from your studies. Well, Jesus tells us it'll be like the days of Noah when he returns, and of right. course, that points to the fallen angels coming down in Genesis 6, having sex with the women, and the offspring are the Nephilim. And I believe that this is a Nephilim Nephilim skull. The giants. Well, that was one of the characteristics. Ah, okay. Later on, I think they became different characteristics. Okay, now, these Nephilim, um, these, and, and, you know, I've always wondered, I don't know about you, uh, when you've studied the Bible, you see God says, destroy all the people in Canaan, uh, destroy all the people in Sodom and, and Gomorrah. Why would God not have mercy on any of these people? There's a good reason. Explain. Well, the reason simply is this, that we're dealing with a demonic hybrid known as the Nephilim. I believe there were many different uh, incursions, if you will. Genesis, you mentioned, of course, Sodom and Gomorrah. Later on, when they push into Israel, the land of Canaan, who were there? The Nephilim were there. And the mandate is always the same. Now, now again, the Nephilim were the fallen angels had sex with with human Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. and produced these giants and and these uh, hybrid, if you will. Hybrid, sure. Okay, and, and if God could not get rid of them, they take over the earth. Well, not only that, they would pollute the genome of the Messiah. That's really ah. the end game, especially in, in Genesis 6 with the mm-hmm. flood. Okay, now you have found some amazing research uh, in newspaper articles from the 1800s and 1900s mm-hmm. about 
these Nephilim, tell me about it. Well, I believe that they're Nephilim. We know that 100, 150 years ago, as settlers pushed westward, they found burial mounds. And at first, everyone thought these were Native Americans. Well, they would dig into these mounds, and they would find 9, 10, 11 footers, <laughs> sometimes with six fingers, double rows of teeth, copper ornaments. These were not, and red hair. These were not indigenous Native Americans. Then when you talk to a First Nation Native American, they'll tell you that, oh, no, there was a race of giants that predated us. They were here when we arrived. And I've never heard that. I always heard it was the Native Americans. But this is a... That even the Native American folklore and history talked... Tell me one of the things you heard about this from Native Americans. Just one of the things, uh, the Paiute tribe, for instance, there was a race of cannibal giants... Um, they were very large, and uh, the, the, the Paiute would fight against these giants. And at, at one point in time, they, they herded them into a cave, and uh, they set the f- mouth of the cave on fire, and they wiped out that tribe of giants. Interestingly enough, that cave still exists today. Tell me about uh, the uh, uh, Smithsonian and the bones that they have, they, they have found of the, what could be the Nephilim. Sure. We, um, we discovered that uh, case after case after case, 9, 10, 11 footers are found, and the Smithsonian shows up, and they confiscate the bones, and they put them in crates, and they're carried away, never to be seen again. And we have case after case after but, case. But, but if I was the Smithsonian, that would be my, my major sure. exhibit. And well, re- what, what, <laughs> what, what could possibly be the reason that it's been taken from public sight? Well, the reason is, um, is, is actually very simple. The Smithsonian adheres to a Darwinian paradigm, a Darwinian worldview. They believe in Darwinism. Anything that comes up against that, anything that comes up against it, must be put aside, uh, dumbed down, just completely cleared off the table. And this, of course, goes against the Darwinian theory because where did these people come from? It's not the Beringian land bridge, that little, that when the Ice Age and they came across the Bering Strait, that blows that whole theory out of the water. These people came from something else. I believe that the tribes in North America and in South America are the remnants of the Nephilim tribes that Joshua and Caleb pushed out of the Promised Land when they conquered it about 3,500 years but, ago. But wait a second. If they, if they killed all the population... How could they migrate then to the United States? They didn't kill all the population. It it would stand to reason as they begin to move in to the promised land. The giants see what's happening, that the Israelites, first of all, the power of the Most High God, and they are annihilating all the tribes. So the Amorites, perhaps, and maybe the Perizzites over here, some of these guys go, we got to get out of here. Some flee northward, and we have a trail that we believe follows that. Some flee across the Atlantic Ocean. And the workings of... um, uh, Thor Heyerdahl, for instance, proved that you could sail just on the currents from Egypt and wind up in South America. But do you know what? There's even greater documentation than that. You're going to find out about an entire communication system way before the Internet, about uh, architecture that, that no one could have known back then. Uh, when we come back, we'll explain. Right back to It's Supernatural. Call right now to get L.A. Marzulli's must-read book on the trail of the Nephilim, giant skeletons, and ancient megalithic structures, plus his shocking two DVDs, Watchers 6, and the Cosmic Chess Match. Yours for a donation of $50. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9189. 
through his riveting book, which includes over 120 high-quality photos and his two DVDs, you will see unaltered color photos and videos taken in the USA and South America of newly discovered ancient Nephilim skeletons, 10 to 15 feet tall, the hybrid offspring of fallen angels referred to in the book of Genesis. See and read about the giant megalithic stones, over 120 tons each, moved from over 50 miles away during a time in history when such technology was not available, nor is it available today. Learn that it was ancient hybrid giants who moved these massive stones. Learn about the ancient grid, which exists today and will be used by the Antichrist to enslave every human being on the planet. Find out about the discovery of implants in humans during alien abductions, which are supercomputer chips that will change the genetic structure of every person who takes the mark of the beast. Don't miss out on getting L.A. Marzulli's must-read book on the trail of the Nephilim, plus his shocking two DVDs, Watcher 6 and The Cosmic Chess Match. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9189 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We now return to It's Supernatural. L.A., why do you say these skulls that you are finding out about, uh, especially in Peru and, and the United States, are partially human? Well, this skull here looks, looks sort of human, except, of course, it's elongated. You can see the way it, it, you know, the, the sides of the skull go up. A normal human skull consists of four plates. A frontal plate, and by the way, these are sutures here. A frontal plate, then you would see another suture that would go and split the parietal, which is the center plate, in two pieces. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, of course, the occipital, the rear plate. What you see here is a frontal plate, which has been greatly enlarged, and it's got this very strange ridge bone on top of it. And then, where there should be two parietal plates, there is only one parietal plate. We saw many, many, many skulls down there with these characteristics. We also believe that this is a female skull. The male skulls are about like this, much, much larger, much more robust. Now, you did an, an amazing scientific study of different colors of hair. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Well, the skull, the hair on many of these skulls are red. It's sort of a reddish auburn in color. That shouldn't be there. Why? But according to the Darwinian theory, all these people should have black hair because they came across the Bering Strait 10, 12, 20,000 years ago, whatever. And so these had red hair, but we wanted to see if the hair was dyed. So we took some hair samples, and there's a machine called Raymond spectroscopy. What this does is it shows the molecular structure of each of these hairs. So we took a control sample of normal human hair. We took the red hair <clears throat> from the mummy, and then we took a dyed hair, dyed human hair, mm -hmm. and then we took a hair from a man who had claimed to have been abducted by aliens and forced to have sex with a hybrid. So we have four hairs. Uh, the control sample went like this on a graph, okay? All the right. human hair just went like this. The dyed sample went like this, right through the roof. But here's where it really gets interesting. And in my opinion, it links what happened in antiquity with what's going on today. The days of Noah, the presence of the fallen angels. The red hair and the hybrid hair track like this over the graph the same way, all over the graph to the very end, then it slid off. Now, remember, this hair that came off the skull was about 2,500 years old. So what you're saying is it lines up 
with not being totally human. Correct. Lines up with the Nephilim. Correct. Uh, uh, that the Bible talks about, where the fallen angels had sex with the women mm -hmm. of men. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me about the research you're doing in Peru, uh, and especially what you found under the Catholic Church. Well, the, there's these, in, in this one particular place called Waitara, which is about 9,000 feet above sea level, literally in the middle of nowhere. There are these ancient megalithic ruins, and on top of these ruins is built a Catholic uh, help church. Me out. What's a megalithic? I'm sorry. Ruin? Megalithic ruin is, is ancient stonework, very large blocks of stone. And we, we see them all over the world. But what's fascinating about this, when you're in the church, it's a Catholic church, and there's icons and statues and all this. But at the base of the church, about to the eight-foot level, are these ancient stones, which are laid without mortar. And the joinery is so precise, you cannot fit a human hair between the stones. And they are polygonal shape. What I mean by that, many different sided shapes, not one stone is the same you'd be hard-pressed to achieve that type of masonry in today's world. You could do it, but at what expense? And the technology that was done thousands and thousands of years ago, it just, it defies imagination. Here's a people that really didn't have the wheel, as far as we know, yet they're taking these 4-ton, 10-ton, 20-ton, and even greater blocks of stone, and the, when they join them, Sid, the sides are completely smooth. How do you move 20-ton 20 ton stones without a wheel? I'll get you thinking a little bit. Absolutely. And I think there's a supernatural component to all of this. And this is where I factor in fallen angels. It's like we see all through scripture the good angels and what they're able to do. The fallen angels have technology, they have powers, they have supernatural powers that defy what we do here, uh, defy our physics, defy our natural laws. And I think the stones there were shaped, in my opinion, they are fallen angel, or what we call Nephilim architecture. Now, now you see a tie-in with these Nephilim in the last days and the mark of the beast. I want you to hear about this. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural! Many viewers report testimonies of miracles, signs and wonders, and healings as a result of watching It's Supernatural. I'm 14 years old. This morning, I watched It's Supernatural about angels and warmth poured on me. It made me cry. God healed me of stage four inoperable cancer. It is a real blessing to have It's Supernatural to watch each week. If you've been touched through watching It's Supernatural, share your testimony at sidroth.org forward slash praise. We now return to It's Supernatural. Amazing. Between three and 10,000 years ago, our civilization had electricity? How, L.A., is this possible? These stones in my tar that we just talked about, the stones at the base of a Catholic church, have piezoelectric properties. They're highly polished surfaces. They were, they were carved from a quarry, um, in some cases granite, in other cases andrasite. These are just stones. And they're able to, sort of like crystal radios in the, in the 20s mm -hmm. and the 30s, that's similar what, what they can, they can conduct electric, electricity. What we, what we believe is that there was an ancient grid system over this planet at one point uh, with points of connectivity. This grid system may have been used not only as a communication, but perhaps to control the weather, to bring rain in, um, 
How all sorts they, of things. How could they have all this sophistication? I mean, just sophistication without a wheel move, moving, moving the these, blocks. these blocks. How, what explanation do you have? Well, you have two. You have one, which is the extraterrestrial that they came from Zeta Reticuli, which, of course, I don't believe in. The one I hold to and hold to very, very fast and diligently is we are looking at fallen angel technology. And we get some of this in the Book of Enoch, which tells us that they came and showed the secrets of heaven to the men and women of Earth. All right, tell me about, in the United States, in Ohio, the Great Circle Mound. First, explain what it is. The Circle Mound is a hinge. It's a very large circle, over 1,250 feet in diameter. The, the word hinge means? Hinge means this. It's, it's circle. a circle, but it also has a, a waterway in the inside. And, and the construction of this is incredible because at least this particular hinge dates about 3,000, 3,500 years ago, which again fits the timeline of a diaspora when Joshua and Caleb are moving into, with, with the Israelites, into the Promised Land and the Nephilim tribes are scattering. They show up there about 3,000, 3,500 years ago in the Ohio Valley. They create this circle, this hinge, with a body of water in the middle of it. In the center of it, uh, excavations prove that there was an altar and they found human remains on the altar. And that's huge. Okay, tell me about uh, the American Stonehenge connection with the, uh, we hear about the Stonehenge in England, uh, and then a third place. Explain sure. That. The American Stonehenge is in New Hampshire. But how come we haven't seen this? How come we haven't <laughs> been told about this, this Stonehenge? Well, it, it's, things are coming to light. I believe because we're in the last days that all this stuff which has been hidden is now coming to light for those of us who are interested. Well, Daniel even says a sign yes, of the last days absolutely. is there'll be an information explosion. Knowledge will increase. We, we, we always think, well, that's the computer, but it's also other areas. Absolutely. The typical hinge, it's a circle. And like many of these hinges, like Stonehenge, it's, uh, it, it charts astronomical events. What I mean by that, summer solstice, winter solstice, spring equinox, uh, fall equinox. And the, and the circle, when you stand in the center of the hinge and you look out, there's a standing stone. And that standing stone, let's say, is 100 yards away. And so on a summer solstice, the longest day of the year, you watch the sunrise come up over that standing stone. Well, Kelsey Stone, a college student, I uh, was wondering, gee, I wonder if I extend the line from the center of my hinge in mm -hmm. New Hampshire out to the summer solstice standing stone to see where it goes. So he begins to extend this line. He extends it further, extends it further. It's across the Atlantic. And to his utter amazement, it bisects dead center the center trilithon in Stonehenge, England. And you can't do that in antiquity. There's no way. You can't take a long enough string and go across the Atlantic Ocean. It has uh, to wait, be wait, done wait, from the uh, air. Audience, uh, do you think thousands of years ago they had anything remotely close to this kind of technology? Doesn't this show there was a super intelligence and the, what the Bible talks about, the Nephilim? And what's amazing, I talked to a surveyor. There's no way to do anything like that unless you're in the air. Who is the prince of the power of the air? It's Satan. And this, to me, once again, fallen angel technology, but it gets better. When you extend that line from New Hampshire and it, and it intersects the center trilithon in Stonehenge, when you continue that line, you wind up in Beirut, Lebanon. And Beirut, Lebanon is the home of the Phoenicians, and the Phoenicians are the descendants of the Canaanites. And the Canaanites were a Nephilim tribe. My goodness. So, so then you can see where some of them 
came to America. Absolutely. And that's why they're finding these skulls and these bones. Uh, and, and some of these bones they're finding show that the people were how tall? Well, there's nine footers, 10 footers, and 11 footers, and, and, and even pushing the border up to 12 feet in some of these burial mounds. And again, going back to Smithsonian, we have report after report from, from newspapers telling about once a town would um, uh, exhume the bones and, and a doctor, a man of letters, would, would measure the articulated or the disarticulated skeleton. The disarticulated skeleton is when the bones are just laying all around. But a doctor, a man of letters 100 years ago, couldn't read a tape measure. And yet when you talk to an archaeologist, they will tell you they didn't know how to measure, which is, in my opinion, a bunch of nonsense. So the Smithsonian would come in, they would confiscate the bones and put them, crate them up, and you would never see them again. They were just gone. Hmm. What a cover-up. Absolutely. Uh, now, how does this tie in based on all these years of research? And, and, and I might add, he heard from God to research the days of Noah because of all the times in the Old Testament, Jesus said it will be like the days of Noah. Of Noah. Uh, explain to me, with all this research, how it ties in with the mark of the beast. Well, the mark of the beast has four characteristics. If anyone takes it um, or receives the mark on the, on the hand of the forehead, you can't buy, sell, or trade without it. That's the one we all know. The second one is men and women will seek death in those days but not find it. Well, what days? The days of the mark, which coincides back to or points back to the days of Noah. That lifespan seems to be extended. The third one is you take the mark, grievous sores appear on the body. Right. The fourth one, which is the most telling in my opinion, anyone who takes the mark winds up in the lake of fire. There's no grace, no mercy. You're in the lake of fire. And the same judgment that we see with the Nephilim in Genesis 6, Sodom and Gomorrah, and what happens in the Levant or Israel, the promised land, when Joshua and Caleb come into the promised land, it's always the same mandate. If, if a Nephilim is there, the judgment is always the same. It's total annihilation. There's never a shred of grace and mercy. That, that's my question. Why would someone in their right mind that knows what the Bible says even consider taking the mark of the beast? Because what is coming, this coming great deception, hinges on Darwinism. Darwinism tells us that there is no God, that we just evolved over billions of years. When Ben Stein sits down with Richard Dawkins, one of the premier evolutionists of the 20th and right. 21st centuries, and says, where did life come from? from. He says, Dawkins says, well, maybe millions of years ago in another galaxy, a race of highly evolved uh, aliens uh, created us and then seeded us here through the galaxy. That's what he believes. I call that the alien gospel. This is what's coming. And it, and it dovetails into Darwinism. Scientists and, and the masses, when they show up, the coming great deception, and they will show up. They will have two things for us, free energy, which pilots the crafts, and the second thing is they'll have this DNA upgrade. And if a person takes this DNA upgrade, his DNA will become altered. Yes, he will have no diseases for 500 years or more. Yes, he or she will live and, and, and all this, but the problem is you are no longer human. You become Nephilim, and that's why the judgment in the book of Revelation is exactly the same as Genesis 6. There's a correlation between the two. Now, now tell me about that recent press conference of the UFOs. That was in Washington, D.C. 
senators, congressmen, governors, Air Force pilots, people with top secret clearances, all came on the record basically stating that the UFO phenomena is real, it's burgeoning, it's not going to go away. It's increasing in numbers. This is the coming great deception. What event can change everyone's worldview in a second? You see a mile-wide craft over your city. Unless you know what you're looking at, you will be deceived. And Jesus warns us that even the elect would be deceived in, if that were possible. Well, you know, you, you, we started out talking about the days of Noah. Well, Jesus says it'll be like the days of Noah, and you will not, he will come at an hour you do not expect. So the issue is not what we've been talking about. The issue is, are you ready? That's the issue. You can only get ready with God's supernatural change of DNA, and that is make Jesus your Messiah and Lord. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins because He died for them, and ask Him to live inside of you. It's not complex, and I tell you, your DNA will be changed to be the way God created you to be. If you like the way things are right now, then don't change. But if you believe there's something better, make Jesus your Messiah and Lord. Do you agree? Amen. Understand what is about to take place on planet Earth concerning Bible prophecy so you can avoid receiving the mark of the beast. Call right now to get L.A. Marzulli's must-read book on the trail of the Nephilim, giant skeletons, and ancient megalithic structures, plus his shocking two DVDs, Watchers 6, and the Cosmic Chess Match. Yours for a donation of $50. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9189. What you will read in this 8.5 by 11-inch, over 230-page book and see on these two DVDs is not science fiction. It's straight out of the pages of the Bible. My research unpacks what Jesus warns about as it will be in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. You'll want to get on the trail of a Nephilim and watch your six because it is the key to understanding the end times. Through his must-read book on the trail of the Nephilim and on his DVD, Watcher 6, you will see unaltered color photos and videos taken in the USA and South America of newly discovered ancient Nephilim skeletons, 10 to 15 feet tall, the hybrid offspring of fallen angels referred to in the book of Genesis. See and read about the giant megalithic stones, over 120 tons each, moved from over 50 miles away during a time in history when such technology was not available, nor is it available today. Read about the Incas, who testify that it was ancient hybrid giants who inhabited their land and moved these massive stones. Learn about the ancient grid, which was found in megalithic structures that were capable of conducting electricity, even before electricity had been discovered. Understand how this ancient grid is now in the form of the satellite and the internet, and will be used by the Antichrist to enslave every human being on this planet. Learn about the cover-up by the U.S. government and the Smithsonian Institute concerning these archaeological findings, because it disproves evolution. Find out about the discovery of implants in humans during alien abductions, which are supercomputer chips that will change the genetic structure of every person who takes the mark of the beast. And I've actually had it in the palm of my hand, a small implant which has been taken from a man who allegedly was abducted. These are prototypes to what will be the mark of the beast. Through this additional DVD, The Cosmic Chess Match, you'll see startling video of archaeological proof that the Nephilim existed not only in the Middle East, but also in the United States of America. The fallen one, Satan, has been trying to create man in his own image. That's the end game here. 
creating man in his own image. Don't miss out on getting L.A. Marzulli's must-read book on the trail of the Nephilim, giant skeletons, and ancient megalithic structures, plus his shocking two DVDs, Watcher 6, and the Cosmic Chess Match. Yours for a donation of $50. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9189. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9189 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or right today next week on it's supernatural my guest heard the audible voice of god and this is what god told him teach my people how to operate in the supernatural and he has done this all over the world he said i've been teaching a revelation that very few of God's people understand that'll catapult you into doing the same things and even greater than what Jesus did. Do you want to hear that? Yes.